Hey everybody, Diana here for the Change Worker Podcast, talking about one of my absolute favorite topics, fear, and how we respond to our own fear, how we respond to other people's fear, because this is key if we're working with our clients and we're triggered by something they said they're triggered by something we said and we're triggered by their trigger so it it does take some awareness it does take some practice in really immersing ourselves in our own body to determine how we experience fear and once we get really um knowledgeable about how we experience fear in our own bodies then we can determine when we're triggered, whether we're working with a client or not, in our relationships, in our uh, businesses and the companies that we work for. So I think this is a really key thing because I think it's not talked about so much. Um, and an- another word we could use here instead of fear is discomfort. Because we may not have a-, a word to describe what we're feeling, what we're... Um, Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it nervousness? Is it pressure? It's just an uncomfortable mix of all of those. Then yes, I'm going to use discomfort because all of that feels heavy. It feels beyond our control and it's something we're definitely going to respond to. So I think this happened actually recently where I wasn't triggered with fear I was triggered with overwhelm by a client who chose his massage therapy session to talk about politics. And I was not in the best of places. I usually don't care what people talk about in my session rooms because I want people to feel safe. I mean, obviously there's a point and I hit that point when he asked me my opinion about something. And of course I I do have an opinion, but I didn't feel in a good place in my body to respond in a way that I wanted to. So I let him talk, talk, talk. And I let him, you know, and I sort of sort of took a huge step back in my session because I'm like, I got my hands on this guy and I am a professional, damn it. And I am not going to, I'm going to remember that. I'm a professional um, what he's talking about has nothing to do with me. I am very triggered, it's a great word, I guess, by what he was saying. Because, and and I took, it took a few minutes and a, several attempts for me to realize that I was overwhelmed. That was the word that I came up with, that I was afraid. I was... Um, confused. I felt very pressured to say something. I felt very pressured to figure out what I wanted to say. How can I handle this in a way that I, when I look back on it, will, um, I will feel okay about. And all I, I just, you know, was, I didn't even respond to sometimes he was just talking And I was like, you know, I didn't even say, okay, yeah, right, or whatever. I wasn't in agreement. I just was listening. And in that listening, I was taking the time to figure out what what am I going to say? Because I don't feel safe right now. 
I feel like a boundary has been crossed for me. And what do I do? How do I handle this? So I took a lot of deep breaths and I could feel my brain kind of scurrying around trying to find the answers, trying to find what I was going to say, how I was going to say it. How do I feel? Do I want to relay how I feel? Do I want to relay my opinion? No, I really don't. I just want the conversation to stop. And finally, I said, I really wish not to discuss this at this time. This is my the session room. This is a massage therapy practice session and I don't I just don't feel like I want to talk about this at this moment at this time and he's like okay and then he talked started talking about something else and he's like oh yeah this is a this is my session I you know I'm assuming you want me to be quiet and relaxed I said if that's what you want to do but I'm not I don't want to talk about that And then he brought up this other topic, which I have a lot to say about, sure. And he looked at me and he said, I bet you don't care. And I instantly was angry. Instantly was, oh, okay. I don't even want to know why you said that. I don't care enough to ask. So I responded, in my halting, stumbling way, because I was angry and overwhelmed, and I, I, using all my resources to stay in my space, maintain my boundaries. So I said, do not mistake my silence for um, ignorance, indifference, tolerance, or agreement. Do not mistake anybody's silence for that. And he paused and he said, okay, I can see that. And then he changed the subject. For which I didn't know if he had said any more, I'd be like, I don't know what I would have done if he just kept going because I think I would have stopped the session. Anyway, so I was triggered by something he said. He might have been triggered by what I said. And so when we do that, there can be an escalation. Obviously, we see that all the time on the news. We see that all the time in our working environments and our practices, um, our relationships. And this is why I think this topic is so extremely important when we're dealing with our clients is, you know, I think boundaries, of course, was part of this conversation. And I was really glad I took the time to to, to make this real, have this realization in my mind, like, I, I just don't want to talk about this. This is a boundary for me. And I want to express that this is a boundary for me. So we can just move the hell on. Anyway, so this is my story. I'm talking about, you know, I was afraid. I was afraid for a multitude of reasons. And I was, I think the overall sensation in my body was beyond discomfort. It was overwhelmed. It was, I don't know how to handle. I, 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 fortunately, I have a lot of practice managing my brain and trying to calm myself down, trying to get my brain to slow down just a little bit so I can observe myself. And so I think if we, are, if we have learned enough about ourselves to recognize the signs of overwhelm and fear, discomfort, then we're way ahead of the game. I think the way we're raised, the way I was raised in the United States at a certain time in history, 
and to, to a great degree that's still happening now is that big feelings we suppress, deny, avoid, escape big feelings. We may not even know what they're called. We may not even know that they're fear or stress or anxiety, whatever you, label you want to call it. It is a big feeling. I mean, there are jokes about that. Oh, you've got big feelings. Yes, damn it, I do. But we don't have the education in place. We were not educated to experience our big feelings, acknowledge them, accept that they were there in that situation, and let them roll themselves out, meaning they're going to dissipate at some point. We are not educated in terms of our... Uh, what feelings are? Where do they come from? How long do they last? What do I do if they last too long? What are big feelings? Why do they keep coming up? Why do I still... These these are all really key questions. I think a lot of people are trying to raise their children with a better awareness of, yes, you have big feelings. And you're feeling them so they're real to you. I don't feel them, but you do. And... Let's see how weak I can help you out of these or help you get a better understanding of why you're having them and what you want to do about them. We don't have that access, education. So you've got a bunch of adults raising kids in the same way that we were raised and big feelings are a problem. <laughs> big feelings are inconvenient. Big feelings are uh, not something we want to address in the middle of a, a restaurant or um, a family gathering, a funeral, a wedding, any sort of gathering where we, we're around people. It's other people's fault, of course, right? No. So this is why I'm talking about this, because once we deny that our feelings of fear are there, that these big feelings that we keep experiencing in, in different situations, um, we find a, an incredible amount of ways to avoid, escape, buffer um, these feelings, deny that they're there, suppress them. And so they come out as an overreaction. They come out as aggression or retaliation or passive aggression or um, complete departure physically and psychologically from a conversation. This is how we deal with big feelings. And this is a totally uh, human thing to do. It's what we do, have done. It has served us well to some point, but now if we're raising children or if we're trying to raise ourselves, then we have to teach ourselves how to accept that these big feelings like fear, like overwhelm, discomfort, are always going to be with us. They're always going to be with our clients. They're always going to be around, period. All we can do is learn how to react to them. Learn how to be aware of when our body starts ratcheting up in um, tension, constriction, uh, slower or more rapid breathing, uh, shallow breathing, we start to sweat, we are not in our body, we're not in our brain, we're not making good decisions. Um, and yeah, so this is why we need to have this awareness. So, 
and I, I feel like I've talked a, a lot about this before on, on different episodes, but you know, at this point, I was really triggered by my own fear. I have recognized this is a long pattern. My body has been conditioned to respond to my own fear, often founded on um, real, perhaps, but mostly perceived danger. This is not an animal that's trying to eat me. This is not someone holding a gun to my head. This is not me walking in front of traffic. This is all internal. I am responding to looking at the mail and seeing what I think is going to be a bill that I may not be able to pay. My body is responding to that jolt, possibly a chemical reaction from our brain saying, ooh, we gotta fear this. We gotta be anxious about it because we're so conditioned to respond to our own internal environments. And so I learned a lot about fear. Fear is has many faces. It can show up at the weirdest times. And I think it goes back to conditioning. I know for me, I'm conditioned in a lot of ways to respond to my fear. I was raised by a very fearful parent. I inherited that fear and those responses. I've known that my father's baggage was fear. It came across as criticism. It came across as uh, trying to control things all the time, trying to control things in advance. And I, I've known that for a really long time, but I just, you know, I, like everybody else in the world, most everybody is like, oh, just fear. I'm, I'm just afraid of that. And we respond to our own fear with often ridicule, judgment, um, a whole host of unpleasant feelings, and, and they're not good. They're not, they're, they wind up as mean talk, as being an asshole to ourselves. Why are you afraid? It's so, something so simple. You're ridiculous. Why would you fear that? Why would you fear going, uh, this was a long standing fear of mine, was going in a drive-through and ordering food at McDonald's or wherever and being so nervous and afraid to do this. I would stutter, I would stumble and I would feel like a complete <laughs> ass because I couldn't speak the one language I know, which is English and in a clear way to order my food. And I'd hear the impatience, I'd hear the questions that I stumbled over answering. This was a major fear of mine for a really long time. I would fear um, ordering in a restaurant. I fear going up to somebody in a store and saying, I need help with this. I still fear going on, uh, calling somebody like whatever service provider and having questions about my account or a charge or, and so usually I would lead with anger. And so I have a lot of fear and fear will, and, and me, I know this comes out as anger. And when I cannot be angry, it is self-directed. And I'm sure that's a lot of people out there. 
So anger is defensive, protective. It's like, you know, you're really sending a message to people when you get angry. But underlying all that is, of course, fear. So we all respond to our own fear in some ways. And it, it's, you know, I can't answer for anybody else. I know how that, I, I experience that. I know how it manifests. So, and if we're not aware of how we respond to our own fear and we're in a session with somebody who may um, not want to answer our questions, they're being defensive, they're being kind of aggressive uh, or offensive to us because we're trying to help them and they're feeling really super vulnerable. How do we manage our own fear and our own responses? Because if someone is quote unquote attacking us during a session or even in a drive-through or a restaurant or the movie theater line, we're going to, a lot of people respond defensively that, and then it just quickly becomes anger. So I've been in sessions where I've gotten, I was uh, on receiving end of a client's aggression. And this was during a coaching session and they turned it back on me, whatever was going on. And I recognized they had uh, valid points about turning that back on me. But at the same time, I was like, I got mad at them. I was like, no, this is not, this whole went to trying to make my place safe. I was making their session unsafe for them. So this was way back in the beginning of my coaching career. And this was a person I should not have been coaching, probably, in retrospect. I would handle it very, very differently now. But at that moment, I recognized was I'm being attacked by my own client during a session and I'm supposed to be holding the space and I'm supposed to be the professional and the quote unquote expert in this situation. And now I'm being attacked. How do I want to handle that? And so I got a lot of coaching about the, there was several situations with the, the same client. I had to be coached on it because I was not clear. And that was my opportunity to clarify like, oh, those were big triggers because of who this person was to me, who they reminded me of, how our history uh, was part of my reaction. So I have to be aware enough, and I, I think a lot of practitioners, change worker practitioners think this way. We don't want to put our clients in that position. We don't do it intentionally, but they're going to respond to, to what we said or maybe how we said it in such a way that it will trigger them to be offensive. So how do we want to handle that? How do we want to be watching ourselves respond to them? And I think as a massage therapist, I, I had this conversation and, and maybe there are, I would think other massage therapists would agree with me on this. When I was in massage therapy school, it was um, not necessarily told as bluntly as I will say it now, but massage therapists are, it's not a if thing when it comes to being um, boundaries crossed in a sexual way during a session. It is a win. It will always be a win until we as humans learn not to take advantage of different situations, I guess. 
So, and of course this happens with body workers of all types, energy workers, other change workers, there will always be boundaries crossed. It's not an if, it's a when. And I, I didn't pick up on that until recently, uh, just based upon my own experiences. Dealing with people who thought they could say things, try to do things, um, use the session time as an opportunity to get off or uh, harass or otherwise just make the whole situation unsafe. So I think it, because if we're basing, you know, human nature being what it is, I think that's a safe bet. It's not if, it's when. And I think the same thing applies to I'm going to be triggered in some way. And you may be been doing change work for a really long time. And so you any sort of boundary crossing, any sort of aberrant type example of someone being offensive or angry or uh, aggressive in some way, you've probably been there you've, you've, and, or, or you've been through it enough where you've kind of learned, okay, this is how I want to handle this in the future. But for the newer folks, it, it will test you. And it will test you in a way, it's going to show you where your boundaries might be porous, where you may be um, not as clear a communicator or as clean as a communicator as you think you are. And by clean, I mean you've learned how to communicate, say things, uh, use words that do not are coming from a very clean place in you where you are calm, where you have already, you know, I know I'm very aware of what triggers me. I'm very aware of how I want to proceed if that happens. I, I know I'm aware enough of myself. I watch myself behave and react well enough to determine where I can head something off, where I can um, smooth something. So I avoid um, situations perhaps blowing up on my face. We may not always be able to do that. I mean, that's a given. We just got to, we got to, you know, hold on for the ride, treat ourselves well, treat our clients as well as we can, and then regroup and evaluate. So I think um, when it, we're watching, we're observing our clients, and I've talked a lot about how we might respond. But just flip this around right now to have you seen any of these overreactions, passive aggressive behavior, defensiveness, talking around an answer rather than answering? Have you seen that in your clients? Have you seen something overt or extreme and that mirrored something you have done? So we don't have to go very far to say yes. Because all those examples, we have done those things, other people will do those things, but because of the work that we do and the changes we are making in ourselves in order to hold that space more comprehensively for our clients, this is, this is why we do what we do. This is why we change ourselves so we can help other people change safely as best we can. So I think really what what I will end this on is really taking 
a journey through your own body and at some point being able to, to take your client through the same journey of what different emotions feel like in your bodies. Can you parse out where the anxiety comes in? Can you follow the thread of anxiety? Can you dig underneath this tangle and find the fear, find the sadness, find the grief, find the powerlessness? I'm sure there are all kinds of tendrils around this clump of emotion. And so it does take time to weed those things out. Okay, I know where the anxiety is coming from. I know where, because we have, I did a podcast episode about the, the, the emotional shit layer cake or something like that. And our emotions are, uh, we respond to our emotions with another emotion. And then there's another layer of emotion and another and another and another. And it just gets to the point where we have to dig through the layers to figure out what the heart of something is. And that requires some work. That requires um, a lot of fortitude and curiosity to find the root of things. Do we have to go back to our childhood to do that? I don't think so. Unless you want to. It may, not, it may be a time waster. It may be a distraction. I'm going to go back to my childhood and figure out every possible thing that I respond to to get all the layers. Well, you don't really have to do that. You just have to live life. You have to just go through each day because <laughs> your brain and body will show you. You don't have to dig far every day to find something to look into. I, I, I mean, that's me. I go through, you know, there are wonderful days where everything feels kind of effortless and free and it flows and I really love that. And the next day, boom, or the, the, the day after. Because I think a part of our brains is like, wait a minute that was really nice. Something must be wrong. <laughs> so our brain creates problems. So my brain is very guilty of that. So do you see what I'm saying with this? Because I think this is, this is a bodily somatic experience. And there are several um, people I look to in terms of guidance for this, because you know, this is a, could be a really fertile place to find stuff. And if you're digging up deep stuff that are incapacitating you, then you need help. There's nothing wrong with us helpers, us change workers getting support while we're dealing with finding out things about ourselves. As I mean, I was in massage therapy school and I remember this telling people this that they highly recommended us to get therapy, to get counseling during our year of massage therapy practice and, or schooling. And I, I, I'm glad I did. I mean, but it was the one-stop thing. I had to keep working on myself because I recognized so many things were coming up for me during school. I was like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And it was. And so not everybody wants this high-level awareness of themselves um, to, to the nth degree. Like I kind of do it with myself because I feel I, I don't do it so much anymore unless something shocks me. And I've, I've had that happen recently. Like, whoa, makes me question everything. I'm not saying you have to really spend that much time, but I think 
they're at the bottom line for change workers to provide safety for ourselves and safety for our clients is to hold that space for all those big emotions. You know, big as a capital B big or the little big emotions, the ones that we react to so strongly. And they may seem incidental. They may seem insignificant, but our body is responding to them because there's a story there. So that's, those are the things we need to be aware of. With the same things I'm saying to you now, you could apply to your clients. That awareness, that compassion, that openness. Because it starts with us. This is why I talk so much about change worker work. It, the change starts with us. If we're going to be effective, provide safe transitions for people, we got to hold the line. And that starts with us. That starts with our own inner resources. So I'm sure I forgot to say something because I have a bunch of stuff written down here. Um, And I'm glad I took the tangent that I did looking back at what I've written. So where are your, what are your triggers? What are the triggers that you've seen mirrored in your clients? How do you explore your own emotional sensations in your body? Do you know where fear lives? Do you know where shame lives? Do you know what the tightness in your chest means? What the, the, someone's got their hand around your throat kind of sensation. What does that mean to you? Where does that come up? What do you think it is? Those questions start with us and then we can apply those to our clients. So always, always, always thank you for listening. I appreciate the time you take to do that and I will be back next time. Take care of yourselves in the meantime.